light. Light. Hello and welcome to Album versus Album. I am your co-host Lucas Lawrence, and with me, as always, is the Fallout Boy to my Blink One Eighty Two, Kale Judy. <laughs> hey, buddy. That was my like first attempt at doing one of those. What are those called? Um, Metaphors. It's the uh, the uh, sort of like comparative associations or something. It's, you know. I mean, honestly, it's, like, it's a kind of, a, I felt like that was actually a mean one to call you Blink-182 or to call you Fallout Boy. It depends what era of Fallout Boy we're talking about. Because if we're talking Fallout Boy, <laughs> if we're talking about Fallout Boy, basically Infinity on High or previous to Infinity on High, I'm fine with it because I lived it. I was actually telling Laura, uh, my fiance, at dinner tonight, I was reminding her how I used to wear youth large t-shirts and i bought my jeans at in like the girls section at gap because they didn't have skinny jeans me too man did you have the bell bottoms like the flared bottoms too like once by accident and i hated them but i definitely had a lot of jeans that were the brand mavi or mavi mavi Mm -hmm. usually secondhand stores because it was a lot cheaper oh yeah (laughs) but they just had that fit they had that hug that you needed if you're going to be a front man man we were we're so similar so uh welcome to album versus album uh this is a light episode that means that it's going to be shorter and probably uh not get into the weeds as much into the nitty-gritty of the music you won't be gardening too much tonight you're just getting all all vegetable yeah more just hanging out munching on a carrot (laughs) of music so um today we are doing another collaborative collaborative or can't speak collaborator help me out here uh today we're doing another collaborative collaborative conversation we've compiled a playlist each of us bringing four underappreciated artists that we believe need more love need more accolade need more attention need more plays on Spotify and Apple Music. Exactly. I I really liked this idea that uh, you brought to the table, Lucas. We've done two of these episodes so far. We've done one around songs to make you cry. And then we did one around... Our Sleepy Time playlist. Oh, Sleepy Time, of course. Yeah. We did our, we did our Sleepy Time playlist, and I love that one. And that was... I had so much fun doing that one with you because it was the first time we were really able to talk about ambient music and you know more like low-key electronic music that we loved so that was uh that was a lot of fun and the songs to make you cry is great too so this is a way to like let us nerd out about a bunch of artists in a short amount of time and then you the listener have the benefit of uh, a playlist to take with you on your merry way once you're done listening we talk so much about music and when we do an episode like this, this is when I learn the most about Kale and when I usually discover a few artists. In fact, having looked at a little sneak preview of the playlist, I am unfamiliar with basically all of your artists, which is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting feeling. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're pumped. So how do you find most of your music? I know how I do. Like, you know, well, I asked the question, so I'll just ask it again instead of telling you first. How do you find most of your music? Well, Lucas, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. So I find for me, I've got a pretty old school way 
in a pretty new school way. So my old school way is I've got a small collective of like five to six friends, including my brother. We all just share music recommendations all the time. And you're, and you're one of those people for me too. Like, Oh, totally you as well. I mean, like that's, that's the main, that's my number one way. People say, have you heard this record? And, uh, you know, usually I say no. And then that's how I discover another great artist. I know it's the word of mouth. It's, and it's so easy now because I can text you at 10 in the morning and say, Hey man, I'm really vibing the song and I can send you the song and you can instantly listen to it. Like we can share that experience in under 10 minutes if we're both on top of it. Yeah, you know? And by the end of the day, I've listened to their entire discography. It's wild. The other new school way I would say that I discover music is through a combination of Bandcamp and Spotify. I got to say, I, I don't love that the corporate overlords are so in tune with aspects of my life. But I have to say, I am very proud of my Spotify algorithm because I find it feeds me a nice. lot of really interesting stuff. And it's how I've come to find a lot of more avant-garde electronic music, especially because I listen to a lot of like soundscapey ambient music as well. And when Spotify, excuse me, when Spotify recommends me someone, usually it's pretty bang on. Oh, you know what? The third place I would actually say would be a shout out to a local um, music publication would be Discorder Magazine from CITR. That is actually one other place. I don't read it all the yeah. time, but uh, Discorder and actually Exclaim. Yeah, they always know some cool music for sure. Yeah, Exclaim has actually... I've actually found a few artists recently. I started getting Exclaim will now deliver the newspaper to your door for free. And what? I've actually found a few records recently just by flipping through it when I'm having lunch. That's so, so cool. Actually, yeah. So that's actually a good way to go too. I would I definitely recommend for any Canadians listening, um, signing up to get Exclaim delivered to your door. Well, that's and so cool. Check out Discorder for uh Exclaim was always like my like I waited for that to come out every month. I loved it. For sure. I look a lot of artists I like. I'll look at what other, you know, other artists that people listen to or what is it when you look at Spotify, it says uh, friend activity. Well, no, when you look at the, um, you know, the new Sufjan Stevens that just came out. Have you heard that? Mm-mm. Like there's a new, new one. It's uh, ambient, mostly ambient kind of, uh, you probably like it. You know, you like your ambient stuff. When you scroll down to the bottom of their page, it says fans also like. Oh, so for yeah, Sufjan yeah, Stevens, yeah. it says the antlers, grizzly bear, Andrew Bird, Elliot Smith. And the further you go, the like less known the, the artists are general. Well, on this one, it's like Neutral Milk Vent, Neutral Milk Hotel, and Sharon Vennett and stuff. But a lot of times, I'll see an artist and, and um, one of the artists tonight. Actually, that's how I discovered them. So that, and then a really big thing for me also is uh, soundtracks. Uh, if I hear a song on a soundtrack, I always uh, either look at what it is or Shazam it or you know whatever. However you X-ray it or whatever they how they share what songs are in it. And I find it, you know, it's cool to hear a director or whoever chooses the music. Sometimes they got really good taste in music as well. So I'd say those are it. And then, yeah, usually word of mouth, sometimes very rarely a Spotify playlist that someone's put together or even some of the Spotify ones that they do, like the bigger ones I sometimes discover, Mm. but Mm. mostly word of mouth and the uh, fans also like in movies. And one time, one, I found an artist through um, looking at an ad. Uh, really? On a, in a, on a, at a 7-Eleven. Also uh, one we've spoke about, uh, Haim. 
You're Haim from an ad in 7-Eleven? The very first time I ever heard of them was there's like a poster that said Haim, new album. And I just thought they looked cool. So I looked at it. Very 90s uh, thing to happen. That's very 90s. Did you get some gobstoppers when you were there too? Yeah, and I drank in Orbits. Wow. And then I went home and watched Friends. But I only could watch one episode because it was, you know, next uh, was uh, whatever TV show. I don't know what TV show beyond primetime after that. Well, if it was early 90s, you're probably watching Doug. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Do you remember, you remember I was Doug? probably watching Doug and like, I don't know, begrudgingly watching Rugrats or something. Oh, God. So should we dive into it? Let's uh, let's dive into it, buddy. Okay, so when we talk about underappreciated artists, the main thing for me is I when I go to their page and I see so few plays on their Spotify, it breaks my heart. You know, you look at, uh, what's her name, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, you know, who has the song about driver's license. You probably don't know it because you probably don't listen to pop music all day long. I will tell you that I actually, I am aware of that song. I was made aware of that song from SNL. They do a great sort of parody where there's a bunch of tough guys in like this like Boston bar, like playing pool. One guy says like, hey guys, want to like, uh, want to put my song on the jukebox? Uh, is that cool? And they're like, yeah, man, put it on. He's like, yeah, I'm really into this Olivia Rodriguez song, <laughs> driver's license. And then like <laughs> he puts it on, they all start having these like kind of moments where they're like <laughs> grappling with their own emotional <laughs> selves. Oh, I got to watch it. That sounds great. Yeah. So, you know, Pop music has its place in the world, and I love it. But you know, you hear like that has six hundred and thirty-nine million plays. Oh my god! And this first artist that I'm talking about, her name is Shannon Shaw, and and her monthly plays is just above fifty-six thousand. Now, obviously, it's different music, and I'm not going to try and say like, oh, she should be as big as Olivia Rodrigo or from High School Musical. What I'm talking about is just it's a bit sad to hear someone who's got such an incredible voice. Uh, and makes such rad music get so few plays. So hopefully she gets uh, one more out of this or two more or hundreds more. Shannon Shaw. So I uh, so I was going to ask you, Lucas, so I saw when when you sent me the songs we were going to discuss tonight that uh, that Shannon was on this list. I noticed a bit of a country three, a bit of a country theme in in what you shared, which I think is cool. And I'm curious to hear if that's a bit of a tip that you're I on. Didn't but mean I to do that. That's cool. I, I, I liked it. I really liked this song, and I think this was a really good song to open with because she's got like an amazing voice. But I'm curious how you heard about her because she she's brand new to me. I've not she's not crossed my radar before. So uh, I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but it was on a podcast. Uh, Dan Arbach of the Black Keys was talking about making an album a few years ago. He was like talking about what he was up to. And he was talking about making an album with a band called Shannon and the Clams. And the way he said, he's like, oh, they're kind of like um, a 60s throwback indie band. And I thought, that sounds really cool. There was a kind of garage wave thing with like all the garage bands. And uh, what was that movie? Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and all that stuff. Like there's kind of that like sort of renaissance that lasted about two months long of these like 60s influenced fuzz rock bands. So I expected that, but when I went to Shannon and the Clams, it was like really throwback kind of 60s pop. And I like it, but I wasn't that into it. But I remember it, when I found her, uh, when, I, when I found Shannon and the Clams, they were, they, were, uh, they were advertising that she had made a solo album called Shannon in Nashville. Shannon in Nashville. And it came out in 2018. So right after the last Shannon and the Clams album came out, 
And I just thought the album cover is kind of cool. It's kind of got that classic uh, vibe to it. I pushed play and I heard this song and then I listened to the whole album. And I would, I would argue that for me, this is their best song, but there's definitely like other songs get more plays and other songs with the quote unquote singles. But this song is just, I, I get kind of a Roy Arbison feel. Uh, and, and within seconds, she's just singing her like from the bottom of her guts, you know, she's just giving it. And I, I love it. So folks, we're trying something new on this AVA light. We are going to play through each one of the songs and Lucas and I are going to listen together in real time. And we are going to discuss the song as we listen. We hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. If you'd like us to continue this format <laughs> yeah, forward. Please. So I guess we'll call it a, uh, what, what do they call it? Director's commentary. Let's do a director's uh, commentary. Director's commentary on our own playlist. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so this is the album opener. It looks like Nashville. It sounds like the way Nashville looks to me. And it feels like the way Nashville smells to me. I've only been there once. No, I've been there twice. Uh, but uh, the first place I ever had deep fried pickles. So, you know. So, beautiful guitars. Yeah, I really like that opening. Really? The bass what, what, slides what, in. Oh, yeah. It's like an upright bass for sure. I don't know what this song's about. I find the lyrics like she's looking at baby pictures so is she like looking at pictures of her child i don't understand she's got that real old school at the roy orbison comparison it's great like she's got that warble you know it's really cool yeah her voice makes me feel awesome too those orchestra strikes oh like I, I really would love to see this live. Well, this is also the opening song on the record. Yeah, so good. It's a good choice. Should probably open with this live. I hope. The way her voice cracks in this part right now. So I, I get the idea from her that. She grew up on this music, and she loves it so much, so she just makes her own version of it, you know? And it's great. It's like, it's, I love when you hear something that is such an influence, or love when you hear something that is so clearly influenced by a sound, but yet the person is bringing their own self to it. Like, this could have been a song that came out in the height of the 50s or the 60s and done well, but it also is its own thing now. You know, like it's not just a throwback. 2.0. It's to be honest, what my challenge is with Leon Bridges. I found even even though I liked going home, I thought the only song that really stood out to me is having the like spirit of soul music, but uh, The River. Oh, the last yeah. Song. I mean, that song's incredible. It's an incredible song, and I feel like it takes the best things about soul music that the things in soul music that he's trying to accomplish and it's like he makes it his own in kind of that one song and everything else feels a bit too I don't know it feels a bit too like parody-ish to me it hasn't aged very well for me I hear you whereas this wow we listened to the whole thing already whereas that's great I feel like Shannon Shaw it's like it's got the soul of it but there's like a new body around it you know 
It exactly, and that's what's so cool. Like she is almost the golden frame around this type of music. It was lovely Ooh. to experience. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'm very excited to hear yours. Uh, so why don't you tell me? I think we're doing, we're talking about data plan, right? Yeah. So data plan is a local Vancouver band, kind of. So the lead singer and mastermind behind this project, Malcolm Jack, he is a, an amazing musician. He lived in Vancouver for a long time. He actually moved up to Seashelt in the last year. So he's not technically in Vancouver anymore, but I would still consider Data Plan a Vancouver band. So would I. We we deserve to have cool bands be from Vancouver, so I still do as well. So they have three records. The first record, A Data Plan is Free, came out in September 2004. And I had the pleasure of getting to know Malcolm back in, I think it was 2010, when I was writing for Discorder magazine. And I interviewed his band at the time, Sun Wizard. And I had a great interview with him. It was him and uh, James Younger was the other co-front man and became good buddies with both those guys. And Malcolm and I uh, have had some great hangouts. He was one of the main dudes behind the Lido when it first opened up. And when a data plan is, oh yeah, great local bar in Vancouver. One of the few bars where it's cash only, what was cash only up until the pandemic, like very like a locals pub, like always great music to find. Great music too. A lot of great shows, a lot of free shows. Well, I was even just referencing just like the the ambient, the, the background music that's always happening. Oh, just yeah, even the background music. They're they're big on like community, you know, engaging the community and just being a nice place to hang out and and have some beers. And props for a while, they had a yeah, props to the Lido. Uh, for a while, they had a band hotel up top, and they had a recording studio up back, and that's where a data plan or that's where data plan recorded their first two records. Um, a data plan is free, and the madness hides. And I remember seeing ads for the second record um, plastered all around Budgie's Burritos when I'd walk to work. And both those first two records are great. They're kind of very psychedelic, more guitar-based, a little more freaky psychedelic than Dance Mirage, which just came out in March last year. So have you listened to this song yet, Lucas? No, I actually (laughs) have not listened to any. I made sure I was going to come in with Virgin Ears. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, I want to tell, say one thing about this This title, Vapor Trail Boogie, is an excellent song title. <laughs> I think it's the, well, best, um, it's the best song title out of all the... It's, it's an excellent... Well, just wait till you hear the song, buddy. Right. So, should you do it? Should we push let's... Play? Wow, right away I feel like transported to another dimension. Yeah, it's kind of got like the almost wind chimes going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little beat coming in. Ooh. And a, a sexy bass line. Yeah, I listened to this whole record when it came out right the weekend I was packing. We Oh, cool. Not what I expected lyrically. No. Or vocally. Lands them innumerable stars, each one on the platform du jour. So that's yeah, Malcolm spitting spittin the rhymes. It's he calls it like folk hip hop. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a step above spoken word. 
Oh yeah, it's got like I think he's got a great flow. Totally, the whole album it doesn't feel like a white boy trying to rap, you know. No man, it's like he's doing his own thing with. He's got a line coming up about Arthur Erickson that I just. I just heard Arthur Erickson, uh, famous local architect. Yes, yes. I have worked on one of his homes before. Quite a oh, Frank Lloyd Wright uh, protege. Oh, big time. Yeah, dude, I dig this, man. The whole album is like this, dude. It's kind of hypnotic. Like, you put it on, and I, I remember putting it on and being like, oh, wow, Malcolm's doing something pretty different here. He's, like, kind of doing, like, hip-hop. And you listen to it, and you're like, dang, this is very vibey. What I find so impressive about this kind of music is, like, you need to have so much to say, you know? And he... So far, what I've heard of the lyrics, it's just like, um, you want to dig deeper and nice... to understand what he's getting at, you know? Oh, totally. You got some nice horns coming there, there, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. This big old sax going on? Damn. Right? Man, now this, talking about seeing something live, this would be fun to see live. At the Lido. I know. I, I sure hope when things are, are cool that Malcolm comes back and uh, does a data plant show because he he literally dropped this record i think the week that uh lockdown went into effect maybe no he dropped he released the record i think the week before lockdown came into effect and the dude is a relentless like he would tour all the time and he was actually i think what was really cool what he did with data plan and capital six is banned before this and even actually with his own solo music he has been big on touring a lot of interior bc so he'll go to a lot of small towns or golf islands and has really prided himself on being a a bc musician not just a vancouver musician so i think that's that's cool yeah i think it's quite admirable and dude his solo stuff under malcolm jack i'll i gotta send you some of that stuff too if uh it's just his range is really impressive so malcolm i don't know if you're gonna listen to this but Keep on keeping on, buddy. God bless. It's great stuff. Yeah, that was that was excellent. That was very unexpected. Like for some reason, I was picturing something a little more, maybe like psych rock when the way you described it. But that was excellent. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I thought that would be a good one to lead with because I wanted to sort of share something with you that was different, but also something that I feel like is in your you something that you would enjoy. Like I don't know that I would share that record with everybody. Because it's a bit of a particular taste, but I think for you, I was like, I think Lucas will really dig this. Well, and come on, anyone who listens to this podcast, we know they're a weirdo, so they're going to like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so Lucas, tell me a bit about Laura Stevenson. Okay, well, it's this is one of those ones I found through the um, fans also like. So um, we had a guest, uh, your friend, Carson, our guest Carson. He has a a blog called The Viking and the Beekeeper. Oh, Vikings and Beekeepers. Vikings and Beekeepers. And in 2016, he posted uh, as one of his top albums, Jeff Rosenstock's album, Worry, which I actually really liked. I only listened to it because I liked the album cover. I just was like, I'll give it a chance. It was one of his top, and I trusted his taste in music from all his other top albums. And so every once in a while, I check in on jo- Jeff Rosenstock, and he he made a album with Laura Stevenson. The two of them made one together. And Really? I can't say I love that record. It's got, it's called, uh, it's an EP. It's called Jeff and Laura. 
Still Young. It's got a cover of, uh, I don't know if they're all covers of Neil Young. I know there's there's a few covers of Neil Young, and it's all right. I was like, that's cool. But then I listened to some of her solo stuff, and it's 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 cool. I really I really enjoy it. What I love about her is her voice. It's pretty dynamic. I mean, on the song I chose, it's a pretty mellow song for most of her uh, discography. Most of the songs are a little more punky. She's got sort of like a feminine melodic punk thing going on. But um, her album that uh, recently came out, it's called The Big Freeze 2019. So not recently, but recent for me. It's something about, I listened to it once through and something just clicked with me. I really, uh, I really like what she's kind of overall, her overall thesis of, of songwriting. Got a fresh twist to it. A lot of people can make guacamole, but once in a while someone makes it and you're like, what is in this? You know, they give you that wink. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. I can't tell you my secret ingredient. (laughs) She's got some kind of secret ingredient that I can't nail what it is, but I just, I love it. And, um, the song I chose for her is called Living Room, New York. Uh, I chose it mostly because I couldn't, I kind of felt like it's the obvious one because it's like her main song, you know? It's like the one that has over a million down, uh, plays, 1.6 million plays on Spotify. It kind of also sums her up best, you know? Quite the cover uh, for this album. She's like in this almost like a Russian-looking hat that's almost pulled over her eyes. She's kind of got this bemused expression on her face. It's yeah. quite a, quite the photo. Yeah, she's she's beautiful. She's a beautiful face. It's uh, also very stunning. It kind of catches your eyes. But yeah, she also looks kind of like she's upset that you're taking a photo of her. Yeah, it's a bit perplexing of it. It's a bit of a perplexing picture. Yeah, it's cool. Like and it. and with the title too, the big freeze. I like that it kind of doesn't all. I wasn't sure because it's called the big freeze. I thought maybe it has to do with because she's a New Yorker. It might have to do with New York and that really bad winter that happened. Mm. I haven't looked into it to find out if that's what it is or whatever. That's sort of what I guess because a lot of the songs seem to be about, which is interesting because we're in a time of COVID when a lot of people are locked in the house. But there's a lot of talk about loneliness and uh, being kind of trapped in your house. Like this song is one of those songs. So that may also be what attracted me to this is it just has that relatableness now with the whole COVID thing. So should we push play and then we can keep talking? I wanna feel you right just right in with the vocals. I wanna wake up from it. I wanna see you stare at Yeah, most of her stuff isn't this mellow. Back to sleep. But I wanna feel you restless. Get a little bit of a Phoebe Bridgers vibe. Yeah, I, yeah, a little bit. A little more like a little tougher. I I was just gonna say it kinda sounds like Phoebe Bridgers if she was going to punch someone in the face. <laughs> I like it. It sounds it's got more intensity to it. I like it. Her album The Big Freeze, I would say is a solid record. Everything else, I haven't spent as much time with. I didn't it didn't grab me all as much. Is the record like this? Cuz this is amazing. It kind of goes between this and a little more kind of post-punk. Interesting. But yeah, I love how she sings this chorus. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to say this probably every time, but I just miss live music so much. And an artist like this would probably play a smaller venue, you know, and it would just probably be an amazing night. You and me, arm in arm, swaying, singing 
Oh, dude. Singing that chorus together? When when this is all over, if you and I aren't at a bar every week together watching some underappreciated artist, then we are failing as humans. 100%. 100%. Oh, I like that little, like, kind of har- harmony thing she just did there. Yeah, she does a lot of those doubled vocals, but then one of the doubles goes into a melody a lot. Oh, I like that. I also feel like, as a Canadian that's a West Coaster, we've always sort of been obsessed with East Coast America, you know? Like, Mm. half of the movies that come out every year take place in New York, but also just, there's something enchanting about that city. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of family from the East Coast, and there is a certain romance to it that is very true. I don't know. It's weird. It's, I almost feel like this song almost sounds like walking through the mountains of Oregon or something, too, you know? Like, there's something that feels very un-New York about this to me. Like, it feels kind of... Or, like, almost like you're in a field in Ireland or something, you know? Like, this, it feels very expansive. Yeah, I would say this Whereas is like, uh, the most expansive song she's got. That's cool. Yeah, she's got quite a great... She's got a really great voice. She's one year older than me. <laughs> don't say that with such... <laughs> you say it with such... Uh, I don't even know what's in your voice there. Yeah, I love that ending too, the way she she does that little... She kind of lets it trail off. I love that. Yeah, I've... I've uh, that, that song, the first time I heard that song, just floored me. So I'm, I'm happy it made the cut. Oh, that's a great song, dude. That's great. Okay, well, The Big Freeze. I w- will be listening to that record for sure. Okay, so... Uh, so my next pick on the list here, this was a dude that when I was thinking through who to share, this guy didn't come to mind immediately. But then I was looking through my catalog of music and was like, who would be fun to talk about? And then it hit me that Gabriel Bruce is probably one of the most underappreciated artists I know of. So you have not listened to the song, Lucas, you said, because uh, you wanted to come into a first lesson. So right. you know that I love Nick Cave and the boss and guys like that. So Gabriel Bruce has an insane voice. He has a voice that has is very similar to Nick Cave, I think. But he I'm listening. Sings he sings songs that are in more of a popular vein and Love and Arms is his debut record. And I think front to back the whole record is just a stone cold classic. There's maybe one or two songs that are not quite as strong as the rest, but it's varied in its tone and texture, but the songs take some big swings. There's some massive bangers on it. And one thing I actually was going to call out is that every song that um, I picked tonight and including, it looks like a couple of yours, like golden frames, but every song I picked tonight is the first song on the album that it comes from. That was a little Interesting. thing I did. So Scandal. Vapor Trail Boogie. <laughs> Vapor Trail Boogie is the first song from Dance Mirage. Dark Lights Shine Loud is the first song from Love and Arms because it also helped me pick some of these songs because there were like three other Gabriel Bruce songs I wanted to share. But I felt like if he's 
going to try and draw you in with the first song on the record. It's like, why not have that be the song to kind of draw you in as a listener? So all I'll say about Gabriel Bruce is he's from England. At the time this record came out, he was working in a toy shop to pay the bills. I remember that from an article I read about him. He's kind of got like a crazy, he's just got like a crazy story. Like he was in his early 20s when this record came out. And when you hear his voice, he does not sound like he's in his early 20s. Clearly is a guy that I think was poised for big things. This record came out in, I believe it was 2013. It was 2013. And he just, it just kind of felt like he didn't really know what to do after this. And I don't, I don't think it really caught on with people, but hmm. man, I, I really wish it had. Cause I, I would, I really, I don't want artists to say in the same vein, but I would have loved a couple more albums like this, but I'm glad I have this one. So I would love to now share it with you. Oh, that's so interesting. That's like, um, it's kind of sad. It's kind of bittersweet when you know, like it's, it's not happening anymore. You know, you know, you never know. Like he just released a brand new single called no that just came out on march 1st and it's pretty awesome so i think he might be he might be coming back he had an album come out in 2016 called metal soul that was pretty uneven like about half the songs are half the songs are really good and half the songs i was like man i want these i want to like these and i just i'm not feeling them but okay well i'm uh, very excited to uh push play on this should we do it Ooh, nice drum machine intro. I like it already. Summon all your villagers and just take my life. You got I get the Nick Cave reference uh, comparison right away. It's like immediately kind of apocalyptic, eh? Another lyrically heavy artist. Yes. And kind of like coming in almost like a preacher, you know? It's kind of bobbing your head a little bit too, you know? I'm bobbing my head right now, dude. We're not looking at each other on Zoom or anything right now, so you can't see. Kind of feels like it could be like in a... uh, a movie soundtrack, a driving scene. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, or like all the guys are kind of prepping their weapons to go out, you know? <laughs> what is that in the background there? Oh, those are guitars. There are guitars with like um, filters and octave pedals and stuff. I like it. That's Actually, awesome. it's a lot of cool guitar effects in this. Like a lot of guitars with a few pedals, you know? Yeah, it's, it seems like tasteful pedal work here. It has a bit of a Black Keys vibe, but maybe a little more on the experimental side. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Great drums, though. That's a tasty yeah, treat you- happening in the moment. Yeah, it's really building slowly, eh? Like, it's kind of coming at you in layers. Yeah, it's definitely like, um... You can hear it, like, there's... He has to be a fan in a cave. 
whilst yes. also uh, it's got a lot of cool modern like synthy you know stretching guitars and are those horns yeah it's got like there's horns yeah, throughout true, this true record for you, dude. buddy you got horns you're horny <laughs> I'm very horny Yeah, and this dude's look was like slick back hair, Hawaiian shirts under like a suit jacket. Like he just has this kind of throwback vibe, but I just like I can't see Nick. I feel like this song is this would be like a bit of a novice Nick Cave song, but I feel like for a debut artist who is like doing their own thing, you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and like I can't you can't compare this to a Nick Cave song because it's similar, but it's like he's doing his own thing with it, you know? And I like that it's like different, but it's got the flavor of it. Yeah, it's but definitely the more upbeat and fun than most Nick Cave. Kind of reminds me of yeah, like a maybe like a Quentin Tarantino character. Oh, interesting! Like his vibe, Nick Nick Cave in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think that's a great. That's actually maybe could possibly happen in our lifetime. God, that'd be amazing. Nick Cave yep. is Pulp Fiction 2. You know who could, who could play Gabriel Bruce? would be like, um, who's the actor from Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction? Uh, who's Mr. Orange? And then he plays, it's like him and the girl hold up the diner at the beginning. Oh, um, Tim, Tim Roth? Tim Roth. It's like Actually, young that's Tim Roth. Actually, picturing, yeah. Yeah, man. Young yeah. Tim Roth would play Gabriel Bruce. Or Nick Cave, I guess. Tim Roth, the abomination in the Hulk movie. Oh, yeah. What a weird character. So, dude, this is the... And so it kind of has this, like... It's like four... It's almost four and a half minutes. It's got this, you know, kind of... I see it goes right into the next song. And then it goes... Yeah, and then... So on Love and Arms, it's like... I think it's a pretty cool opening track. And it was interesting because I was trying to think of which one to play you. Pound for Pound, probably the best song on the whole album is track seven, Cars Not Leaving. It's incredible. It's like such a great song. But that one goes into a song called Honey, Honey, Honey. And Sleep Paralysis is great. But it's like it's dark and moody. But I find that the whole record is... It's definitely worth your time. If you are in any way into what you just listened to, please go check out Love and Arms. You will not be disappointed. If it's anything like that, it'd be good driving music. Mm-hmm. I love a good driving good. record. It's a great driving record, dude. Although it's, now all the driving music is dictated by my children, so it's mostly Moana and Frozen, and you know, that's what would happen shark. if you just. <laughs> what would happen if you just were like, "Sorry, kids, we're listening to like, you know, early two thousands Tool today instead." Would they just lose their minds? Well, my son Casper, he would love it because he loves metal. He just loves loud, angry music. He just he just gets a big smile on his face. We were listening to, I showed him the band Gojira, you know, Gojira, the French like metal band. Oh, he I don't was, know them, but they're it like, just con- like a punishing, like heavy, just like what you think when you think of like modern metal. And okay. he just loves it. It's like hilarious, man. He just loves it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes put on music like you gave me the Sam Cooke's greatest hits. I put that CD in sometimes. Sometimes I try and force him to listen to like Sufjan Stevens or Radiohead. It depends on the mood. They might be into it, but usually they want to, they're like, put on the Beyonce CD, which we listen to so much that now I like 
Beyonce's record four, our whole family knows like front to back everything. It's it's great. It's great. I like that you guys can have that as a family. I think that's, that's well, you know, beautiful. growing up, that's what it was like for us, right? Like you had like twelve CDs in the car for like five years, and that's all you listen to. And yeah, man. mom and dad were in control of your musical choices. Hence why I was obsessed with Tom Petty, traveling I Wilburys. I mean, a son could have you, you could have had worse music pushed on yeah, you, you know. That's true. Tom Petty's pretty good. Speaking of music, so the next choice, so okay, making this list was so hard because my first artist I thought of was Honey Harper. But I'd mentioned him in uh, What You Vibin' before, and and I think we talked about who you'd want to see live the most. I'd mentioned him as well. And Honey Harper is pretty special for me. It's probably one of my most listened to albums of the last year. Uh, his album is called Star Maker. And before that, he made an album called Universal Country. So when I first discovered him, it was it was actually through a playlist of uh, something called the Cosmic Country. It was like, you know, Sturgill Simpson and uh, that guy, uh, Orville Peck. Do you know Orville Peck? Mm-hmm. And I have yeah, to say, I get the idea that those two artists were sort of inspiration for this guy because there's this sort of underground thing happening in country. I suppose it's always been happening. People are always pushing the limit with country, but there's been this really big push recently with artists like Orville Peck, you know. Orville Peck has a song he does with Shania Twain and uh, Sturgill Simpson. He's a little more, about half his music is a little more classic country and goes goes gets weird, but... Honey Harper for me is very special. It kind of feels like, oh, I've heard the comparison of Graham Parsons a lot with him, but it kind of feels like you got this guy who is writing this like classic country tunes, but it, it also sounds sort of like Mazzy Star or like um, even one of the comparisons I heard was Tame Impala. It's got this really unique recording and the way of presenting itself. And so I just, I'm all about it though. I like the whole record. It, it's not for everyone, for sure. I, I've, I played, I played the album for um, for uh, some friends once, and I started playing it. And my friend said, "This song sounds like a loading screen for a video game," which I thought was what? such a nice uh, pointed insult. So the song I chose for Honey Harper, I went back and forth with this too, but I eventually just went with his. Uh, it's it's sort of the big single off his record. So I was going to ask you about this because I'm pretty familiar with this album. Uh, friend of the pod, Ryan Clark. I know you uh, you know Ryan a bit. He yeah. first turned me on to Honey Harper, to this record in particular, Star Maker. And I thought it was interesting that you went with In Light of Us because this it's a great song. But when I think of Star Maker, this isn't the first song I would think of. What's the one you think of? You know, I, uh, I thought about it, like I knew I wanted to make this comment, but I was like, I'm not sure exactly which one. So I really like someone else's dream. Yeah, I think is really good. I also and, just thought the very first song, like um, Green Shadows, kind of sums up how weird he can be. Yeah, totally. And that's again where I think, like, I really like this choice. But I think Green Shadows would have been an interesting choice too, because it's always interesting to see what an artist is like. Okay. If you're listening to my record, here's the first song off it. Take it, take it as you will, you know. So but. in light of us, one of the main reasons I chose it is I feel like it's his most normal song on this record. <laughs> and so this is the song that you're like, if you want to create the easiest access point for a listener into Honey Harper, this would be the song. Exactly. So let's push play. Gotcha. 
yeah, great guitar line. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it's kind of got the vibes right off the bat of like steel guitar over just like a backing country band, but almost automatically you can hear there's like okay, there's something different about the guitar and there's like this weird sparkly keyboard. Yeah, it it I, I have immediately have a picture in my head of like. You know, it's twilight, and you're driving, like, a dirty convertible with the top down, you know, into Reno, smoking a cigarette with a cowboy hat on. Like, that's what this makes me think And you're going there to get revenge. And the convertible is, like, deep cherry red, you know? Yeah, I find his drawl, his kind of over-the-top country drawl, is charming for me. Yeah, it's charming, and he's good at it. Again, like, I'm a big, like, vocals are really for me and I think he really nails what he's doing here yeah and he really loads the harmonies on like even here right here this really cool just like a big layer of harmonies big thick layer cake um yeah I just yeah I, th- I still stand by what I said before if I could only see one artist I think I'd want to see him play with a live band I just I want to know how this would be live so bad. And what an album cover, too, hey? It The album cover looks like the back kicking you gave me came to life and put on a cowboy outfit. That's what I... That's what this looks like to me. It's like a sparkle, uh, uh, a sunburst, a solar flare coming off his face. And he's got like a longing, sensual look on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I I know I don't I'm not really sure what's perfect to say, but it's maybe the gayest thing I've ever seen. Some cover. Yeah, and more power to him. I have more power to him. concept of cosmic country you know there's there's playlists i found that are called cosmic country but very few artists actually really bridge that concept to me where it's like this guy sounds like the album it's like he's a lonely space cowboy traveling through the universe looking for love yeah totally dude it's it's exact that is cosmic country to a t you know and that definitely is like the softest uh gentlest uh, dip of a toe into the cosmic country pool. But I would say that if you, if you're vibing that song, go listen to star maker. It's an amazing record. And if you like country and you like your country a little bit on the weird side, you're going to be delighted by that record. I agree full heartedly. Great choice, man. So the passenger is, I feel a very underappreciated Vancouver artist. Uh, I don't even know what the dude's real name is. He's a local guy. I saw him play when this record came out. This record came out in 2011. And it's hilarious to me because the album's name 
it's not even a word. It's like three lines, like a slant, uh, an underscore, and then like a, like a section break. Like it's just those three symbols all together that kind of looks like a little alien face or like a dog with its ears up or something. Like that's the album. You can download this whole album for free off Bandcamp. We can put a little link in the show notes uh, if you want to yeah. go check it out. But go check out The Passenger on Bandcamp. He's got a bunch of other stuff too. But The Passenger's, to me, the, his best record is this one. In the same fashion, Mr. Similar is the first track. And I really love the way that The Passenger takes these older analog sounds and kind of intermixes them into more of a electronic soundscape. I saw him perform, I think in t- early 2011, at um, Antisocial Skateboard Shop on Main Street. It was an intimate show. I don't even remember who I went with. Someone, A friend was just like, oh, you should come check this out. And I loved it. Like, I just remember seeing it live. He was just like kind of behind this little kit. He was like doing records and kind of like had a keyboard and was doing some stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm really digging this. And I regret now not uh, picking up the vinyl. But if, uh, if you're into this song, I think... Uh, You'll definitely be into the rest of the record, but I, I think it's passenger. really cool that um, just that you've had so much uh, local stuff too. That you always you always have some love for the local bands. I love that. That's I fun. love you for loving them. Yeah, it's definitely some old uh, Juno Six or something like that, like some old vintage keyboard for sure. I love that you can pick out like probably what the keyboard is. That's sweet. Well, I'm, it's kind of a generalization, but. So what do you think that beat coming in is? You hear that? Like, it's like a cool drum machine. I don't know. I like it. Like an old drum machine. That's cool. Yeah, dude, this is. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. So this is, yeah, I would say not a driving record, but it's. A vibing record, you know, for sure. Hey, this is all vibe, man. I love it. I love when you don't know what's coming next in this song. So is it mostly like synth music like this, like uh, instrumentals? Yeah, it's all instrumentals. Uh, no vocals at all. But it's... Oh, I love those claps, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's like this probably wouldn't be one you would put on at a party. Or definitely, I mean, Actually, depends what kind of party you're Later having. on in the party. Yeah, maybe later on in the party you put this on. But I, uh, I really like it. Like, it's a record you can sit down and listen to. But it's also I, I find a good record for putting on and having it in the background. But it's a little more interesting than just you know, it'll fill, it'll fill the space in a cool way. I actually emailed him. To, I emailed him to see if he had any more vinyl copies of this, and he's like, oh, "There might be one at Audio Pile, might be one here and uh, or there." He's very kind and very helpful. But I, uh, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go to like these three shops on the off chance they have one of these records. But you know, I'll ha- I'll, I'll content be content with the with the download. I like the bleepy bloopy nature of this song. 
Yeah, bleepy bloopy, but it's still in a kind of very organic analog way. Oh, completely. Would you say? Yeah, he's not. This does not sound digital. It's even got that bit of a looseness that you can't do with digital. Yeah, yeah a it, lot dude, of digital has snapped to the grid. I think you nailed precisely what it is that I love so much about this type of music when it's done with an analog feel. Like this, this reminds me a bit of like early '80s Vangelis. A bit, like oh. it's got a little bit of that vibe. <laughs> can't, you can't not bring up Vangelis, eh? Dude, I love Vangelis. We still and have, I to have feel... our Sunday. I can't wait. I know, I can't wait. And but I feel like this is—it's a little more modern. This this song, you know, and it's like got a little more going on. But yeah, it's just kind of—it's kind of weird. What? What was this? 2011. This album came out. Yeah, I could see a bunch of hipsters dancing in a nightclub to that. In 2011, <laughs> just covered in American apparel, just smoking cigarettes indoors, just endlessly. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's some fun music, you know. It's just like it's transporting, you know. I like that a lot. Yeah. I um, yeah. I'm really curious to hear more of that. I I would love to hear a, a sultry woman's vocals over over top of that too. Oh, interesting. Sultry woman's vocals. I like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's great, man. I love that. I love how unexpected this playlist has been. Okay, I'll not to not to pat ourselves in the back too hard, but like we make good playlists that are very short. We do. This this whole playlist is twenty eight minutes long. It's, you know. Yeah. So listen to it. I so I uh, thought the next song would make sense because I felt like the last song that you picked would be would just seemed like a perfect closer for the playlist. So this is the only time that I thought I'd, I'd double You're up. You're sweet. So the the last song that I have is a song by an artist called Peace Chord. And this is a record that just came out this year. Peace Chord is the moniker for uh, another uh, local Vancouver musician, uh, Daniel Robertson. You just can't help yourself. So what's interesting about Daniel Robertson is he used to go under the name, his, including his middle name, I believe it was Daniel Terrence Robertson. And he had a cassette tape that he released. I'm not even sure through who, but I believe it was called Death. And it was very sad, but very beautiful and dreamy with kind of piano. It was very similar to Peace Chord. And I saw him play, the, the way I found out about him, well, this is another way that like we, we sort of have forgotten since we're in been in lockdown for over a year. But like a lot of ways you hear about new artists is also just going to live shows, you know, like going to see that's a true. band play and you see the opener and you're like, oh, these guys are good. So that's how I heard about um, Daniel Terrence Robertson, who became Peace Chord. So I saw him open for um, Holy Hum at a show back in 2016. And this guy, this tall, gangly dude came out in like his socks and like ripped pants and like this kind of oversized sweater and he had this hair kind of in his face and then he sat down and then he started like caressing the piano in this way that was like so tender it's like whoa this is this is interesting and then he has this very <laughs> dreamy voice that came in that was like beautiful and like so full of pain and i was like what is happening like this is this is really good and so i bought his tape so i've had his cassette tape for a while and i've always been curious to hear him make more music and it turns out that for the last few years, he's been in a band called Crack Cloud, which is a, sort of like a punk art collective. And 
he lives in a house with that band and then he made this seven track record called peace court that just came out on tin angel and this is the first track called 70 times seven and uh i really wanted to share it with you because it's this is actually the longest song on the playlist but i think it's quite beautiful and uh, i think it might 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 resonate with you well, i'm very excited to listen to it i also feel like maybe you're trying to tell me something that this is how many times you've had to forgive me 70 <laughs> seven. times seven well, I'm pretty sure that Daniel Robertson has a similar background to us that he's walked away from. He also works in the downtown east side in harm in care reduction or in harm reduction and and doing sort of care with folks, you know, who are living in addiction. So I think that is also coming up in this music too. But 70 times 7 is uh, you know, I believe that's from a, a story with Jesus or a story he told, I can't remember which from the New Testament. Well, uh one of the disciples asked how many times you're supposed to forgive. Jesus says 70 times seven. That's right. I don't know. It has some deeper meaning. I think it's supposed to mean like an infinite or something, but uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember because I'm too, uh, too distracted making this playlist. So are you ready to push play? kind of got that analog thing really going on too you know yeah sounds like a cool dude man like all this stuff he's up to i feel so boring sometimes when i hear about people this cool i don't think he's had a very easy life but he definitely has had an interesting life it seems It's like sunlight coming in on a dirty room, you know? That's very poetic. Quite a tender voice. It's very tender, but there's something I find very captivating about it. I'm downloading the record as we listen. You know what's funny is I've got this like super like legit local story about finding out about Daniel Robertson, but I didn't know about Peace Chord until Spotify. I was like, hey, you, uh, you've been listening to a lot of... It's like, you've been listening to a lot of John Carroll Kirby. You're probably going to like Peace Chord. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I just listened to it. And I was like, oh, I like this album art. And I was like, oh, I know this voice. It was just like, so it was weird. It was like, I didn't know about this album until the algorithm kind of turned me on to it. But that's what's so freaky, man. It's like. It is a little bit freaky. You're like, does my phone know me better than I know myself? <laughs> it's like, Lucas, I think it's time for you to buy some some sleeping pills you're not sleeping well enough it's like how do you know that i haven't been sleeping well stop it yeah it's pretty weird my wife and i were talking about 
needing to get some more AA batteries. And then there, an ad came on our phone for AA batteries. And we just accept it now. We're just living in a... You know. Yeah, you're listening to me, whatever. Yeah, this is, um... This is beautiful. This is very beautiful music. Oh, yeah, and see, it kind of comes in with this, like... Oh, yeah, building up with some... Some discordance. Like, some of those sounds almost... You know, like, it almost sounds like the... Like something you'd hear in, like, an 80s horror movie or something, you know? Totally, yeah. Or something they'd they'd manufacture for Stranger Things. Yes, exactly. Have you ever seen uh, Holy Hum? Yes. Yes, I saw Holy Hum. A couple, three, two, three years ago. It was excellent. At the um, the York Theater with friend of the pod, Brandon Dancer. Oh, wait, did you come to that? Did we go to that? Did we run into each other to that there? Because I, I was so, at yeah. that. Because I was there with um, Mason and uh, Amanda Smith. Yeah, I believe I saw you there. That was an excellent show. That was an excellent show. I imagine this would translate live the same way, like very uh, sit back and um, just be ready for a journey. Yes, totally. Also, uh, music that I feel like would be served better by seeing it in like a theater or a place you could really sit down and listen to it. And not a bunch of chatty drunks in the room. Exactly. This is not music for a room full of chatty drunks, which... um, I think when you're coming up, it's hard to find spaces to play that are more conducive to this type of music. But um, I hope when Peace Court starts doing live shows that there will be some venues that really he can play where it's really appreciated. Yeah, I'll sit right beside listen. you, buddy. Thanks, bud. Hand so, in hand. Sounds great. Yeah, that's excellent. So, I'm, I, I'm so curious to hear some of the other stuff he's done. Like the other bands, so, Crack Cloud and that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll see. I think you can find his Daniel Terrence Robertson album on Bandcamp. So if you're really vibing Peace Chord, I'll, I'll try and find it for you and I'll send it over. So, so Lucas, the last song on our playlist here, very curious to hear about um, Japan cakes and how you came across uh, this band. I've been racking my brain to try and remember how I discovered this band because Japan cakes is like an instrumental band and, and they make, I mean, honestly, most of it, I've listened to it. I've gone back and listened because I enjoy this album so much. I'd say most of it for me, you know, they they, they call themselves a drone pop orchestra. And they're from uh, Athens. And, you know, Athens has like a, you know, early 90s. They had that giant, almost kind of Seattle output of just like big bands, right? A really huge music scene. Athens, who, like Georgia. Who, came out, who came out of Athens, Georgia? Uh, R.E.M. is the biggest one i can think of but oh there's a bunch i i want to say mazzy star but that might be just because i just said that name Uh, there's a bunch there's like a bunch of bands we never got to hear because it was a big local scene but it's sort of a famous time in in like a you know like alternative rock so this is one of the guys side projects or whatever i don't know exactly the story but there's a few stories i've read about them that i remember um 
he once took the stage with this band when they first played and they all uh, agreed they were just going to play the D chord on stage and they were never in practice oh, and they all started playing riffing on this one chord and I'm not sure of the whole story but they started putting out music and and I've gone back and listened to a few of the EPs and albums and it's fine I like the use of strings and I especially like the use of um, the slide guitar but the reason this album I've always felt this under underappreciated is one of my favorite albums of all time one of my top five for life is going to be My Bloody Valentine's Loveless and that is you know the shoegaze touchstone it's the album you could argue birth the genre and defines the genre and uh really no one's topped it as making as far as making shoegaze music goes and this album is just a track by track cover of of my bloody valentine's loveless is japan cakes loveless this is an amazing in my opinion it's an amazing translation of that record i chose when you sleep only because it's my favorite song sometimes it's my favorite song off loveless and I just, uh, I just think it translates so well into this weird ambient orchestral thing. So I think we'll just play it. We can talk about it as we play it, if you're cool with that. Let's do it. So how familiar are you with uh, Loveless? Well, it's, it's funny. When you, when you were talking just there, I realized that I am how unfamiliar I am with Loveless. Uh, despite being a big shoegaze fan that is a record that has escaped my attention yeah i mean for, for forever i don't know how like i can tell you how i discovered loveless uh, a friend of mine jade when we were really young she was always showing me music from her dad her dad was like a i guess what i've become now and uh he he told me wait what 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 have you become now? i don't know an old man with a beer gut and, uh, who loves music yeah I mean, he was cool the couple times I met him I was, I was like I love this guy and he um, he said oh uh, every good musician needs to know this record or something along those lines and so I just bought it it was cheap you know because it's an 80s record and um, I've, I immediately loved it and I remember it was in the Lost in Translation soundtrack a bunch of their songs which kind of made me feel even cooler and this one just uh, takes the melodies and you can hear some of it's on the steel guitar, some of it's on the strings. And it just turns into this kind of beautiful back thing. Yeah, it's really, it's really pretty. And like, that's the thing that's interesting to me because I'm like, I don't know Loveless very well, but I like, I really like this song. Like, I well, think this is really neat. And I'm not sure if it's like a thing, like they're called Japan Cakes, which is a very great band name. It, they kind of always have like a more somehow even though there's like a pedal guitar or steel guitar whatever that is there's somehow always a little bit of a little more like oriental sound to some of the music and it must be the way they play the strings but yeah if you know um, it does have a little bit of an ori like a an orient-ish vibe to it which is uh, weird because Loveless doesn't but yeah I've been really impressed I can turn this album on and listen to it full through easier than I can with My Bloody Valentine's Loveless. Mostly because Loveless by My Bloody Valentine is is loud and it's kind of a rocky album, but Shoegaze doesn't, especially old Shoegaze when they didn't know how to mix music as well, 
for better or for worse, you know, gives it its charm, but also gives it like this, on certain speakers and certain times I've listened to it, it can be kind of hissy and kind of just hard on your ears, depending on what stereo you listen to it on. Mm. So, I mean, this doesn't have the lyrics, obviously, you know, vocals. But I've really, I yeah, this has been an album I return to it many times, and I, I always think I'll be tired of it, but I'm not, you know. It has a bit of what I like about the Boards of Canada, the Campfire Headface record, or the Album Leaf. Aspects of ambient music from a particular era. Yeah, I mean, this is an album from 2007, so it's around that era as well. It Yes, exactly. It, this, it feels like that era in a really good way. You know? Yeah, it's got a little more structure to it. I mean, it's also a cover of a you know, a song with a verse and chorus. But it, 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 to me, listening to it, I'm curious to go listen to When You Sleep by My Bloody Valentine to see how the two compare. You should. I mean, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit funny to hear a vocal line translated by a country steel guitar. But yeah, I was, I was happy to share that. It's one I've kind of never really talked about. So yeah, it's, it's weirdly been... Uh, yeah, a song, an album I returned to, and I I was very excited to share it. I'm I'm excited to check that out. I'm gonna go save that. That's uh... we've got our homework cut out for us, Kale. <laughs> we sure do. Well, so uh... that was a blast, man. I I I love just seeing a little more of what's in that twisted brain of yours. You as well, man. I <laughs> was very curious to see what you were gonna dig up, and I. Uh... I enjoyed it greatly. I think Honey Harper was the only one that I was really familiar with. So I've got some. Uh, Likewise, I don't think I knew any of yours. So tit for tat, bro. Hundo P. So uh, so how should we how should we end it? Well, I think probably the best way to end this would say, please follow that playlist or, or whatever. Not follow, but listen to it. Give these artists some love. They deserve more plays. Exactly. If you've listened to this episode and you haven't listened to the playlist yet, you know, pause, pause the podcast. We'll be here when you get back. Go listen to some of these songs and uh, come back and, and join us for another conversation, be it our, our next upcoming episode or a, perhaps a past episode of an artist that you've enjoyed and would like to enjoy again over a long, thoughtful, meandering conversation between two, sometimes three very interesting people i could not have said it better i can subscribe i can subscribe i can subscribe i can subscribe Yay! That was fun.